Shalom, everyone. This is Elder Roundtree. Thank you for joining us for episode three of the Miseducation of Christendom. We are still in the traditions and miseducation of Easter and communion series. Today, we continue in Exodus 12 to further dig into the training and culture that Yeshua and the children in that community received as part of their faith. Passover, Pesach, was a command from Elohim. It didn't just appear in the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, as we've seen in the New Testament. It is a portion of their history and the plan that Yahweh had for us. In this portion, Apostle and I talk about the culture of the community during this time. And since the exodus from Egypt, Elohim required that Passover was done annually to prepare them for Yeshua's death, burial, and resurrection, and to be kept until a remembrance, even unto now. I hope you're ready to learn today. Let's get started. Let's talk kingdom. He's the one you can lean on. He don't change. He stays the same. Won't find a better reason. No. So come tap in, tap in, just listen. And bring a friend. Let's spread this vision. So everyone, we are glad to be back with you again today in the Miseducation of Christendom. And if you remember from our last episode, um, Apostle left off with talking to us about and from Exodus 3, and I, Exodus 12, excuse me. I want to read from there. And um, Apostle, you were expounding on how the triumphal entry mm-hmm. is really Exodus 12, mm-hmm. and how at that time, the whole community had selected Yeshua as the lamb. They had picked a lamb from their own herd. In parallel. So I really want us to get back into that today and further talk about how the lamb and the Pesach meal has gotten twisted in this way that we view it now um, as communion. But also, I think what we'll find today is that there is no Last Supper this was a meal that had been happening from the time the children of Israel left Egypt. And it is a meal that needs to continue uh, until he returns. And we will probably have that with him then as well. So um, let me read from Exodus 12. Uh, I'll start at verse 3 and read a few verses and then I'll turn it back over to you. Apostle. So I'm in Exodus 12 verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the land, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And 
how profound it was when you were discussing it with us last week that the whole tribe basically selected Yeshua as the lamb and they killed it in the evening. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give it back to you and uh, explain to us some more about that and, and how the lamb and the Pesach meal are what we need to be celebrating every year. Well, it's, it's interesting because with that piece, if you don't mind, would you read verses? Um, I just want to make sure that, that, that we get to hear that rightly again. Take the moment to do that. Yep. And just read that passage one more time into hearing. And let's just start with, I guess, verse number... Uh, let's take it to verse number three. One more time. Read that for us. Yes. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. So when we, when we look at that particular passage, you have to see, read, and understand that we are dealing with a true idea that there is a concept here that speaks specifically and directly with working, as it were, the practice that Yahweh was looking for in Israel. And as we left off on last week, the or last broadcast, the idea that um, Palm Sunday exists is because of this particular commandment and very few people realize that this is literally a commandment and mm. it was a commandment that they did not even know in their day they were fulfilling that's the part that always baffles not baffles me but it it uh it, it catches and grips my attention you know when Yeshua made a statement, and this is quite profound, and I wish I had my meme team with me to make this quote, um, but, but it was quite profound when he makes the statement that says very clearly, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm of the persuasion, Elder Roundtree, that the people did not know, though they had been doing Pesach all their lives, that they were actually doing Pesach. I really want that to sink in to the viewers and to our listeners. No one ever been able to explain why he said that. But the moment you read the Torah, you read what he put together and what, what Yahweh had given him plans to do and what his purpose in life was, Yeshua was looking at them and saying, y'all don't even know what you're doing. And he says, Yahweh, forgive them, for, for they don't even know what they're doing. And so in one perspective, in one perspective, in one mindset, in one school of thought, uh, they did not know that they had selected that lamb on what Christendom now has called, based on a Catholic construct, uh, and I do believe a kidnapped, hijacked construct or con hit hijacked uh, understanding of who Yeshua, the lamb, is, right? We know that this is... Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. This is Mary's little lamb, right? 
uh, as we sing here in the Western Hemisphere and in the in the in the modern uh, American Christian Church, you know, we sing that song, uh, and then we don't realize that when Yochanan John the Baptist made the statement that uh, this, in fact, is the Lamb of Elohim, right? Whether it's from Genesis 22 uh, or the prophecy fulfilled from uh, Genesis 3:15. Uh, the element here that leads up to Matthew 26 or uh, wherever else we are in the passages when it comes to uh, the, 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 the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Savior, whether it's in Mark 14, Luke 22, or for that matter, you know, what Paul was equating to and talking about in Corinthians chapter 11. Um, I just want everybody to realize that what Yeshua does is extremely compliant. And thereby, as he walks his life out, he causes everyone around him in this season, especially to become unwittingly, unknowingly compliant. So by the time he gets to the cross. And mm -hmm. I was, I'm sorry, I was just going to jump in and, and reiterate something that you were stating that from the time the children of Israel left Egypt, What's that? A couple hundred years, thousands years, okay. thousands yeah, years, and then we get to that's, that's quite a while. Yeah, sorry, thousand. Um, even though they split, and you have the northern and the southern tribes, and we'll talk about that in another episode. And then we see the documentation of Yeshua's generation as he's getting ready to come into the earth. They were still keeping the Passover meal, Pesach. Absolutely. It wasn't something that just happened and even through all of yeshua's childhood uh, when he see when we see them returning for the feast which we'll talk about another time but he does and you know and mary and joseph they lose him and then they find him back at the temple and then up until now we see him uh with john the baptist baptized now going into his ministry the, when we see this focus of the Last Supper, Yeshua had had Pesach with his disciples at least two or three times before that, right? Because it was something that, as at a culture, as a three. nation, as a belief, they did at, at least three, yeah, at three, at least three, actually, at least four times, hmm. Yeshua would have had Pesach because um, he began the ministry at thirty. He died hmm. at thirty-three and a half. Mm -hmm. So for 30 years, he had done Pesach. Mm -hmm. And then his last Pesach was six months after his birthday, mm -hmm. which we know is in Sukkah. Mm -hmm. So just to properly qualify what you just said with respects to the time frames and the amount of times he'd done the feast, the Pesach with them, it was four times. Now, with the disciples as a group, since Yochanan's yeah. baptizing of him in the Jordan, the thing I want to make sure we're clear about too, just for those who are theologians and love the history of the Torah as much as I do, the historicity of the writ as much as I do, uh, and then your Bible uh, and the chronologies that go along, there is a time when Israel in their divided state uh, mm -hmm. could not keep 
feasts at times because they were conquered and drug off their land or they were under siege. Mm -hmm. And so, but the idea in their mind was to always commemorate in the times, even though the Northern Kingdom changed the month, they changed the entire month, the entire month for when certain of the feasts were done. And, uh, but the mindset, even if you take the woman at the well meeting with Yeshua in John chapter four, Yochanan four, you will see that uh, she uh, was very clear. She was looking for the Mashiach. So she was a Samaritan, as we call her. Uh, and many people don't realize that she was of the 10 tribes that were in the Northern Kingdom. Uh, they had a major beef and or contention with the Southern tribe. All of this contention starts, mm -hmm. of course, with the Civil War where Yeroboam, Northern, Rehoboam, Southern, created the elements mm -hmm. we know as Samaria, but Samaria's region, and then Udaya, which gives us Udaism, and the beginning of the existence of Jewishness. Now, this is history. This mm -hmm. is not anti-Semitic. This is historical fact. So mm -hmm. once Rehoboam, who is the king of the, North, the southern kingdom, um, and once all the Levites come back down, migrate back down, all the Levites leave the 10 tribes of north and they migrate back down to the southern kingdom because that's where the temple is because these, these Levites are all things temple, all things temple. Mm -hmm. And so when they come back down, you have two tribes, two tribes of the kings. You have Benjamin, you have Uda, and then you have Levi. Those three tribes make up what you and I call and should always recognize as biblical Jewry, biblical Jews. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Northern Kingdom are of Israeli blood. They are the remaining 10 tribes. Okay. And places uh, that are doing what they do. And so when they change the dates and the times, they still have in mind to keep the Torah. They just do it their own way. Of course, ultimately, mm. Judaism and Jerusalem, Judea, does some things their own ways as well. They make their own conveniences to the writ. But whenever they were in conflict from any place in the Tanakh, from Yoshua, which they weren't, so we'll say from First Kings, okay, uh, from okay. First Kings, the Book of Kings, uh, this, 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 the two kings, uh, to Malachi, and even the four hundred years between Malachi and Matthew, people don't get that there were mm -hmm. four hundred years where Yahweh did not speak to Israel save through his Torah. Mm -hmm. They were without, they were like black, dark years for the spiritual consciousness of, of Udea and Samaria. They were, they were really going through some stuff. So the point is when they could do Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkah, they would do Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkah. Uh, these are the feasts of Yahweh, Leviticus 23. So I wanted to just be bring very critical analysis and understanding to that piece because you'll get people who contend with this supposed uh, commandment, don't know how you can make it not a commandment, and believe that, oh, well, don't take all that. They didn't always keep the feasts. They would have if they were not conquered. <laughs> they would have if they mm -hmm. did not have the temple sacrileged, uh, uh, you know, desecrated, pardon me, uh, and uh, having to be rebuilt at times. So... 
Uh, these are very important things to keep in mind when you talk about their consistency to keeping, or at least their mentality, even divided, northern, southern, to keep the commands of Yahweh our Elohim. Uh, and it, it surmises and, and, and encapsulates itself in an unspoken uh, dialogue between uh, Yeshua at the well of Yahab and the Samaritan woman at the well of Yahab saying, this is my father's well. Most believers don't know that she was of Israeli blood. They think she was just some Gentile, <laughs> even though she gave it away. This is my father, Yaakov's well. And she was like, well, it's my daddy too. <laughs> you know? so, uh, mm -hmm. That's an important thing to keep in mind. So when we talk about that space uh, of keeping the Torah and keeping the instructions, i.e. keeping the feast of Pesach, particularly here, the disciples were accustomed. All of the disciples, all of the disciples, all of the Talmudim that Yeshua had with him. You want to use just the 12? Okay, mm -hmm. we can do that. But there were more. So let's make that very clear. And so those 12 always kept the feast. Uh, Yeshua, you can tell from the facts where he was 12 years old before he became and had his bar mitzvah. He was found mm -hmm. after a Pesach having been left in Jerusalem while they were journeying back mm -hmm. to Egypt. And uh, his mother and Mary and Miriam and, and Usef and, and that caravan were heading back to uh, that area where they lived, which was not in Egypt, which was not in Jerusalem. It was, That's right. it was either in Egypt or up in Galilee, which was still a ways mm -hmm. away from where things were. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm sorry, Nazarene, pardon me. And so, uh, I got so much I want to say to you guys. Uh, so when he is left there, it's it, at least he's, he's 12 years old. So that means that during uh, the times of the years called uh, Beth Safar and Beth Midrash, the school of beginnings and the school of the middle. You and I might call it grammar school and middle school. So they had but So what you're explaining right now is just you're giving us a foundation of the Jewish culture and how they were taught. Education, schooling, and what a right. child would how they mm -hmm. And so in Betzef. And so this would apply to all the disciples, not just Yeshua. So everyone in that culture, in that country, in that region, they were schooled mm -hmm. this way. They may have done things a little bit wrong. Mm -hmm. But they were schooled and they understood and knew. So Pesach was really a fundamental Pesach was part like of their existence. Mm -hmm. Pesach was a subject like mathematics to them um, in their school of learning. Uh, and everything that you did was based on your faith. And so when you have Bet, mm. Beth Sephar, Beth Sephar, you know, that's the house and the school of um, early learning. Beth Midrash, mm -hmm. the house and school of middle learning, right? If I can be just general, <laughs> um, elementary school and middle school, okay, mm -hmm. for the children. And everything was based on Torah. There's quite a bit of science and math mathematics in, in, in the Torah, if you really pay attention to it, mm -hmm. you get creative. And so uh, you, 
you 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 have to understand that in Bet Bet Sefer it is not only rumored, uh, very uh, largely at large throughout um, even Judaism as well as uh, Christendom for those who study to that end, uh, it is rumored that a, a child coming through Bet Sefer Bet Midrash Bet Sefer would be able to uh, quote the Torah on command. So Bet Sefer is from four to eight. That's how old you are. You got preachers who've been to school for 13 years and can't quote the Torah. Okay. And we're talking five books, not five, just like not, a chapter. Not, we're talking chapter. five, talking about five books. books. You know, quote on demand. Okay. And then it's rumored. And this was more of a rumor, but it is, it's such a compelling comment. If, if it is 100%, and I'm inclined to believe it is, that in Bet Midrash, they, in fact, that same student is able to quote it backwards on demand. And you wonder why they, the culture produces the most scribes, attorneys, mm -hmm. accountants, mm -hmm. and certain mm -hmm. engineering concepts. Because the way you train a child is the way a child will forever learn. So, and then you, you of course, you season it with, with whatever. But back to your point, <clears throat> that in Exodus chapter 12, um, they did not know that they were actually doing the very thing they had gone to school to learn all their lives and had been carrying out as a part of their faith and their ethnicity in some instance and their their mm -hmm. faith culture. The God of Israel, the God of Avram, Isaac, and Yaakov, mm -hmm. by the what we have poorly interpreted as the laws of Moshe. I really wish we'd never put that label there, um, if not to do it accurate, because the Torah are the laws, the Torah, the instructions of Elohim for his kingdom in the earth mm -hmm. that were given to Moshe, the king. Your Bible says mm -hmm. the judge of Israel mm -hmm. and both mm -hmm. church, Aaron, the high priest, all things tabernacle and all the Levites mm -hmm. use the Torah for all things tabernacle, all things faith, school, spiritual. But not only the church, but the state the governmental piece that Moshe represented. People think that Moshe, though he was a prophet, was, uh, you know, uh, the high priest. Moshe was not the high priest. Moshe yeah. was the king. And the reason his kingdom and David's kingdom worked so well was because they, and Solomon's, they allowed for the governance of the tabernacle the governance of elohim's 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 kingdom to be the governance for all of their governmental needs mm -hmm. that's that's impressive see saul lost his kingdom because he wouldn't use the torah as what mm -hmm. the government should do all the time mm -hmm. sort of kind of a little bit like he didn't do it sort of kind of that's a purposeful pray phrase sort of kind of a little bit like <laughs> So with that being said, uh, that's why Saul's success was just not 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 the desire, uh, which but when David comes along, David uses like Moshe used the Torah for both the governmental and the priests mm -hmm. used it for the spiritual. 
So you had both mm -hmm. church and state using the same book of governance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, David would sit in the judgment seat where the court sessions would happen and utilize Torah to judge the people. Moshe, which is why Jethro had to come in when he was uh, married to Sephora, Sephora, and he would be using the Torah to judge the people by. That's why they were such great judges. And then Solomon saw his dad do it. So Solomon did what his dad did. That's why he prayed the prayer, you know, that um, give me wisdom and understanding of what? Oh, the Torah, so that I may judge your people. Mm. We don't we don't we don't mm -hmm. talk enough about these things. So the miseducation of Christendom can really be that that that's a microcosm of again the miseducation. And mm. it's not like it was an intentional misguide, at least by uh, the humans <laughs> who believe in he who hung on the cross. Hallelujah. We believe in mm -hmm. the crossing of the Red Sea. We believe in the baptism in the Jordan. We believe in the soon coming of our Savior. Uh, but we really did not, uh, as we feel we did, study to show ourselves approved unto Elohim. Mm -hmm. Because it was our failure in the Elohim commandments and instructions that caused Israel to be defeated and taken out of, snatched off of the lands that were promised. Beulah land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cross Jordan. All these wonderful yeah. phrases we use. So that having been said it sort of kind of really encapsulates what we talk about when we say the miseducation of christendom when you when you know those things everything that yeshua did in his days if you understand what happened with israel through the tanakh and what they did not do with the torah in the tanakh and then what they did do with the torah in the tanakh you saw those that did the torah lived well those that did not, the times and the phrases and the eras and the, and the I dare even say dispensations of times, those that obeyed Torah, they had a certain type of outcome. Those who didn't obey Torah, they had a certain type of outcome. And that's why when they finally get to Yeshua, they are doing what they can do, trying to, you know, be as religious as they can be. But at the end of the day, we are gross, grossly miseducated on a lot of the things that actually the Torah and the historicity that is recorded in the Tanakh, along with the admonishments of the prophets in the Tanakh and the, the beautiful writings of Solomon and David and Moshe and the Psalms uh, and Proverbs. Uh, and when you really understand that everything that they did, even our savior Yeshua, every prophet was based on Torah. But Amen. what we've done is we've just Amen. used um, the ideas and the discourses and the commentaries about the Bible, about the history, about Yeshua's death, burial, and resurrection, which are great starts. But Paul says, study to show yourself approved unto Elohim. I will take an opportunity here to say it this way, and I believe it is still properly interpreted, nothing taken out of context. Study to show yourself approved unto Torah. Okay. Good spot for us to take a break. And um, then we'll come right back, everyone. 
and will continue on understanding the culture so that we can get to this place when we look at them when the 14th of Nisan comes and the disciples meet together to have the Pesach meal, which we erroneously call the Last Supper, but we're gonna talk about that. We'll be right back after this break. We will stop our conversation here. Be sure to follow us across all the major social media platforms. And details about how to contact us can be found in the description of this podcast. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.